0: I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid South Moments. We welcome back returning guest host Terry Canova to review the September 29th, 1984 episode of Mid South Wrestling. How are you doing today, Terry?
1: I am great. Happy to be back.
0: Yeah, it feels like a long time since we last spoke. Uh, so it's been forever. <laughs> it has been too long. Too long. It's a recurring theme whenever I have a guest on to do t shows back to back. So I wanted to ask a question actually about. Obviously, I know you're a big uh, big NFL fan, big New Orleans Saints fan as well. Um, so how you know how are things shaping up there? Because I know obviously the NFL is about to start. What, so what are your feelings on you know behind closed doors? potentially, or, or maybe some, is it all behind closed doors? Are there some fans in some in some places? Actually, by the time that we this is out, I think the NFL will have started, so we're probably dating ourselves. But what, what's your th- thoughts overall on that?
1: Well, I, I do think, uh, you know, if you go back a couple months, I, I think myself, like many people, we, we were looking really close at Major League Baseball and particularly the NBA because if the nba couldn't make it work in a bubble there was no way anybody else would make it work yes uh you, you know so so thankfully those guys have, have been able to navigate through it you know it, with baseball they had a, they had a couple bumps in the road like you would expect it but they got through it um i think the nfl is going to be fine uh the, the biggest question is is you know fan attendance uh Just speaking specifically for New Orleans, uh, I'm a Saints season ticket holder. I've been a season ticket holder my whole life. Uh, What we know right now is uh, week one, there's no fans.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: The uh, week two, the Saints are playing in Las Vegas against the Raiders. There's going to be no fans at that game either. Uh, But now uh, in Louisiana, the state, just gave approval that for the uh, the second Saints home game there could be fans, but okay. now I think yeah, but now I think it's still it's got to be something where the city is comfortable with uh, the the whole outline, and then uh, then they decide okay how many people are we going to let in yeah, and then finally how do we determine okay we've got seventy five thousand season ticket holders. You know, how many we let in and who do we let in? Uh, and so, so I imagine that's going to be a pretty big task. You know, for instance, I have three tickets, myself, my wife, and my oldest daughter. Um, and so I would, I, would, I would assume we will all be allowed in at the same time. But now what about my brother who has a different account who sits on a different row than us? Yeah. You, you know, and we typically drive from Mobile to New Orleans together. Uh, For for the game. So, so, you know, there's still a lot of questions to be answered, but, but man, I'm a, I'm a huge NFL fan. I'm a huge Saints fan. And so uh, it, it can't get here quick enough for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 strange. I mean, we're in a pretty similar situation. Our our soccer, the Premier League, is about to start up again, but late. We, we would usually be about a month in at this point, or we will be from the, by the start. Uh, but there's no fans at all until at the earliest they've said October. And I'm the same. So my football club, Fulham, who, funnily enough, I've mentioned this mentioned ad nauseum on the show is owned by obviously the Khan mm-hmm. family also owned ja- the Jaguars and an AEW, which is a very odd yeah. merging of worlds, which is which is great. And you, when you sign a player and you get Stone Cold Steve Austin to like it on Instagram, you're thinking, what on earth is this world I right yeah. now live in? But um yeah, yeah, they've said that we can we can potentially have some fans in October. But what you said about your, you know, brother sitting in a different race, there's probably I mean I think there's probably about ten of us and Dan Phillips has been on the show quite a lot, sits one seat behind me, but we won't be able to go together, so it'll be maybe maybe one maybe one quarter capacity and we will yeah. because we're not the same household and that's how it kind of is in the uk that you can go somewhere with the same household but if not you're supposed to distance and um, we'll be in a ballot situation um which i've said seat holders will get priority for but we don't really know but you'll be going by yourself basically because we will sit we basically will sit in a bunch but there might be the odd seat between us or the odd row so there might be one or two of us if we're lucky but it's just going to be bizarre that's that's yeah. of course if if things aren't much worse here by then and they and they, they put a stop to it. But it, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, I'm sure we'll get used to it and maybe actually for you guys having probably seen quite a lot of sport behind closed doors before the NFL starts is probably an advantage because the early soccer games at Fulham were in quite an important single. We were, we were going for promotion to get back because obviously promotion and relegation here. We were going to get back into the Premier League which we ended up doing. So very important games. Just like, oh, this is, this is a really weird feeling. But I think now... We're all probably kind of used to it, I suppose, with the various things. I think the NBA, the NBA, have done, from what I've seen of it, have done a pretty good job with, this, with the, the videos and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure the NFL will have all, all of the uh, kind of bells and whistles to make the experience watching on TV as good as possible, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it, it, they will. They'll, they'll do, you know, they have the money and resources to make it great. I, they, they, they only draw, the only drawback, the negative as a Saints fan, you know, we, we were all looking forward to opening day, you know, Drew Brees against Tom Brady yes. opening day yeah. in the Soup Dome. And then the other thing, you know, uh, and it's probably not unique to all sporting places, but, you know, in New Orleans for a Saints game, it is an event. I mean, it is Mardi Gras, Halloween, and everything – you know, people are in costumes and, and, you know, you know, even in, in, uh, I won't say uh, soccer. I will say. I want to. I want to speak correctly. European football. Uh, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> you, know, you know, even with that, part of the fun, man. You in the crowd, and 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 your team does something, and you're hugging the guy next to you that oh, you yeah. don't even know. Yeah. And, and so, so yeah. So a lot, a lot of that's going to be different. You know, uh, it's you know, I guess it's fist bumps now. You know, uh, but uh, but but yeah, it, it'll be different. But but it, it, you know, I re- and again, I'm a coach. The, the the world needs its sports yeah it's it it, it just needs it uh, you know in tough times i mean sports bring people together of all colors of all races you know it it, it we we need it and so um, so hopefully you know they're able to do it safely for everybody
0: I completely agree. I, I think that, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same here. We're we going to go into football in, in London. We meet at the pub at lunchtime and the game's three o'clock and it's a, it's a great time. But you're absolutely right. Sport is, sport's the thing that you can sit there as a you know, 40-year-old or 50-year-old and have a chat with the seven-year-old boy in front of you about, you know, who's going to play up front for Fulham that day or the 90-year-old guy that sits behind you or, or the lady that's you know diagonally from you and you've got your are you're all one family and you've got that you're not you know you're not you're in that united thing and you've been through all, all of you i'm sure you, you're the same you've been through the hard times and the good times and you've got that you've got that shared history that doesn't really exist in anything else does it and that's that's why i think it is so important that these things even though they're not quite the same you know it's, it's, it's good that they're going to be um you know going to be happening and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get it all back at some point it's just obviously we're just on the clock, really, in terms of in terms of when. But yeah, well, at, at least there'll be something to something to watch. But yeah, those were those are pretty dark times earlier in the year when everything was was not happening. I even found myself. I think the first game of football anywhere in the world was in the Korean. First Division, so and it was it was actually broadcast on the BBC, and I found myself watching it between behind closed doors from the Korean Football League. And it wasn't it wasn't the most amazing standard of football in the world, but I sat there and watched <laughs> the whole game. So I was so starved of live of live oh, yeah. sport, but there we go. So on to um, the 29th of September, 1984 episode of Mid South Wrestling. So we get the uh, I was going to say eighteen, but I don't want to be unfair to Jim Ross, but certainly probably the most most famous duo here at the desk, and that's Boy Pierce and Bill Watts. Um, and this week, in a rather understated black suit, Boyd Pierce is wearing. Um, albeit it does have it does have a bit of a pattern in there because Boyd can't leave <coughs> leave house without something a little bit flashy on. And um, Boyd says that this is the most intriguing sport in the whole world. And in mid south, is it because there's no way to predict what's going to happen? And um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is going to be there. Midnight Express versus Master G and Brickhouse Brown. Terry Taylor, Magnetier, and Sonny King are there as well. And Sonny King and Magnum are up against Hercules, Manderson, and Anderson, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. And then plus from Australia, superstar Bill Dundee, which is interesting because obviously he's been booking the promotion for a while. and But it has always been said that uh, Watts didn't really want Dundee wrestling because he was worried about him sort of pushing himself. So this is his first television appearance. What are your memories of, sort of Bill Dundee around this time?
1: Well, uh, you know, again, as a, as a uh, someone who hoarded wrestling magazines i I was obviously aware of him and and i knew you know he was a star in in the memphis area particularly um you know in the mid-south again back then we didn't know any of the behind the scenes stuff you know we didn't know anything about bookers or this and that all we heard was grizzly smith was the matchmaker you know uh but but you know uh the now looking at things, you know, thirty years later, you know, I guess you can kind of see why Watts wanted to kind of keep the reins on him. You know, I mean, he he is a little bit undersized, particularly for the Mid South, where they were known mm-hmm. for having these big guys. Um, and and you know, uh, Watts was was the ultimate control guy. You know, so uh, so I, I you know Dundee Dundee was good, uh, but. I guess being a
0: New Orleans wrestling fan, he was just good. He wasn't anything yeah. extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. We'll see him in action later on, but I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I can kind of you can understand why um, what sort of put those barriers up in terms of Dundee. You know, just focus on booking this promotion and, and you know leave the wrestling to others, um, which is which is totally understandable. So Boyd talks about the large controversy surrounding Jim Cornette and Bill Watts is going to bring us up today. They recap the angle from the Mid South Tag Team title contract signing from three weeks ago with the Fantastics. And Bill Watts said that Cornett's lawyers have, been, have tried to find a way out from the rule breaks, but he has been fined the largest fine in the history of professional wrestling. And that's $30,000, $10,000 for each man. Obviously, that's Condry, Eaton, and Cornette himself. And Watts adds that the money has already been collected and there won't be any follow up and Watts says that Cornette has been making some strong statements, and we cut to a pre-taped interview along with Jim Ross, and Cornette still has a mask on um, following his haircut at the Superdome, and Cornette said it's not the fine that was the problem. Um, He put a call in to his mother, and she queried what he was going to do with $30,000, but when she heard it was needed to relate to Bill Watts, she sent it straight over. He says he could have the fine overturned with his attorneys because they're the best in the world, He knows that the bald-headed, pot-bellied, broken-down old ex-cowboy, Cowboy Cowboy Bill Watts, is behind this all. He pushed it through the board of directors, and he wants Watts to be humiliated. He wants him to bring back his check for $30,000 live on television and apologize. And if he doesn't do it, he and the Midnight Express will leave with the tag titles. He calls him Smarty Pants, and then he says he has two weeks to deliver that apology and bring back his money I thought this was absolutely classic stuff from Jim Cornette here what did you think of this this promo
1: Jim Cornette is uh, he the the managers I I thought is oh I think I believe is one of the things that wrestling misses today Uh, those those guys those mouthpieces those guys to give the interviews the guys that put the wrestles over but but for me I love those comedic managers, and Jim. My, my, my three favorites were were Jim Cornette, Bobby Heenan, and Captain Lou Albino. Yeah, and and you know because they were just hilarious, and their one liners, and 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 him, you know him calling Watts a fat, a big fat boy, the cowboy. And <laughs> I I remember on one local promo, he told. Uh, you know uh, Robert Gibson's. You know some people would call him cross-eyed from time to time, and I, I remember one promo. Bill uh, um, Jim Cornette said Robert Gibson is so cross-eyed when he cries, his eye, his tears roll down his back.
0: Oh my, I my mean, god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean was off the cuff as well. I, I, I bet oh. we've caught Cornette, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's just so witty and so quick. Uh he, he it's you know, a Jim, any Jim Cornette interview is going to be gold and you can bank it.
0: I mean, this is the thing. Jim Cornette was 20, he just turned 20, 23 when this was airing. 23 years old Jim Cornette and he is you know, on a what was what I think this I think from memory this this TV show was doing about a million people a week, I think, uh, in, in the various markets. So this is a big time television show and a big time promotion. And he was selling tickets. I mean that, that anger with him um in the midnights versus Stagger Lee and Bill Watts was huge. I mean, one of the one of the best runs of business they've they've ever done. Um and what 23 year old in any capacity gets a chance these days with anybody certainly not the, not the the biggest company and certainly not a manager and you think well crikey, this what this just works isn't it it really it really just did
1: that, that's a, that's a great point and I, and I don't know that I've ever stopped long enough to, to, t- to think about that I mean like you said 23 years old and and and, and that's something that 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 you you saw a lot of and, and we talked a little bit about it in the last episode with these young guys. I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day, talking about Terry Gordy with the free birds was like 14 or 15 years old wrestling with the Freebirds, And you, you know, uh, you know, Tommy rich when he was, when he started, he was so young. And, mm. and some of these guys, it's amazing how good they were as young as they were. And, 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 and you're right. Cornette putting the microphone in front of him off the cuff, being as good as he was uh and still is at at that age is is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the thing with Cornet is, and I know that he's got I've talked about this on the show before. He he's got so much to offer still, this this business, um, but he's sort of gone to an gone along to an avenue where he is um and I'm sure he's making very good money from here. He he's got his kind of style and his and his his opinions. And I'm I question whether some of his opinions are actually his opinions, or whether it's just appealing to the people that you know listen to his podcast, and he gets the money from the advertisers and buys merchandise and all that sort of stuff. I wonder because I think Jim Cornette is, is an in- incredible mind and he's a very intelligent person, and I do I do wonder whether all this kind of anti AEW anti Young Buck stuff is a is a gimmick or whether he actually feels that, that that's that's what I I wonder and I suspect well we'll never know we'll never know the truth about that
1: well you know I had the had the privilege of meeting Jim Cornette at uh, at at one of these events and uh, he is one of the nicest guys mm. one of the kindest guys to fans that that I've been around you know and I've been fortunate I, I, I never really have I've met a lot of wrestlers in, in person, a lot of my guys I've idolized, and, and, and almost all of them have been great, but but Jim Cornette goes above and beyond to, to his fans, so yeah, I think in a lot of cases, he's still working that heel angle, he just, he, he, you know, that's just, it's something he's done for so long in front of the camera, you know, now he's just doing it on Twitter, you know, yeah. you know, so, you know so, sometimes his political rants, I, I have to fast forward through because he gets so caught up in that. And it, and I think that's going to give him a heart attack quicker than <laughs> the wrestling stuff. Yes. But 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 yeah, I think I, I'm with you. I, I think some of this stuff is him just being Jim Cornette, the heel manager and just yeah, trying to get heat.
0: Yep. Yep. Out of interest, you don't have, you don't have to answer this. You don't want to. Who's your who's your best experience of wrestling? What's your worst experience for anyone that you've met? You don't have well, to. I don't have to answer the worst yeah. one if you don't want to. <laughs>
1: no, no. no. I, you know, I, luckily I've never had any that bad that I would wouldn't want to say So uh, in in the last in the last episode, uh, you guys can go back and, and and hear my story about Jerry Stubbs because that's he's he's. Yeah, I went from from being a fan of his. To now he's a friend of mine. Uh, so, so that's awesome. Uh, I've had the the real, you know, Mr. Wrestling too. I had opportunity on two occasions to sit down with him and chat with him, and he was just a just a sweet guy. And I'm, I'm glad I was able to do that, you know, before he passed. Um, uh, let me see some really cool ones. Uh, you know, going to some of these wrestling conventions and and going to the hotel lobby and seeing. You know, it's like you're going back in time just seeing these guys. So, you know, I went to one one time and, and, and I, I was dressed, I guess, maybe dressed a little nicer than the average fan. And so, <laughs> so I had like on a blazer and slacks or whatever. And literally Nick Bockwinkle walks up and introduces himself to me. He's, he's looking for somebody, I guess somebody who is running the show. And I guess you know I, I stuck out a little bit, and so he comes up and introduces himself to me. So, so really, it's just those little brief interactions that uh, y- you know, n- nothing, nothing really particular, uh, mm-hmm. but b- but just those brief interactions. I- I'll tell you another one. I, I had I- I've heard so many people online talk about Brutus Beefcake in such a negative way.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Okay, so we went to one of these WrestleMania moment breakfasts. Uh, It's one of these little deals they do in WrestleMania weekend. And you pay 50 bucks, whatever it is, and you have brunch. And and I was able to actually drag my wife to this with me. And, And so they got all of these wrestlers, and they draw the name out of a hat, and one of them comes and sits at the table with you. And they've got Ricky Steamboat and this guy and this guy and this guy. And... I'll be done if I don't get Brutus Beefcake, <laughs> and so all I'm thinking is of all of these negative things I've heard yeah. about Brutus Beefcake. Well, when I Stephen, when I'm telling you, he sat down and he could not have been nicer.
0: Good, that's he, he
1: he was he was as nice as can be. He asked me, uh, he literally asked me. He goes, "Hey, uh, I had a." some kind of brochure or something. He goes, Hey, uh, would you like me to autograph that for you? He goes, I've got a, a pen. He, he, he searched through his bag, got his own pen, you know, it, it, it just, uh, just as nice as he could possibly be. And so, so that kind of stands out because I'd heard so many negative things about him. Um, uh, my experience to him with him was, was awesome.
0: That's great. I, I'll tell you a quick one about, about my, well, I've got my my one that comes to mind. I did have an odd meeting with Chris Benoit of all people. Actually, at WrestleMania oh, Twenty wow. meeting, uh, at WrestleMania Twenty weekend. But it was just that he. It was it was like a, a photo thing where you queued up to get. what well, was part of the travel package. You. Um, which we more often than not did back then from the UK, so It's was easier than you know trying to get tickets and stuff online. But we queued up to have our photo taken with him and Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio was so, so nice. And obviously Benoit the next night was in the world title match. And I think me and a friend sort of said, oh, like really, really best of luck, Chris. I'm really rooting for you tomorrow. And he just looked completely blankly at us and didn't say anything. And I thought, like, oh, this is so, like this is, this is just like, that wasn't very, very good. But this year, actually, I probably had my best and worst all in the space of like probably 48 hours. So I went to the Tokyo Dome. I don't think I've told this on the show before. I went to the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom for two nights this year. And um, I with my wife for New Year's. Um, and we, we didn't stay in the Tokyo Dome Hotel for the whole thing. But we did for the weekend, just because it's literally you come down a lift, walk outside, and you're at the Dome. So on the first day, the day that Chris Jericho wasn't wrestling, I got the dome downstairs, with my, I got the lift downstairs or the elevator downstairs with my wife. Um, and as we got out, Chris Jericho was standing there and it was quite busy and he was on the phone. I walked past him, I said to my wife, it's, it's Chris Jericho. And she was like, oh my God, and I was like, you should, you should go and get a, try and get a photo with him. And I was like, oh. and I always chicken out of these sort of things. And I turned around, and I waited, I waited to he was off the phone. And I said, oh Chris, would it be possible to get a photo? Like super, super nervous. And he just said to me, no, no pictures. I was like, "Oh, okay." And I am like, sorry. Have a good day." And I, walk, I walked. And I from there, it's probably like a, not even a five minute walk to Tokyo Dome. And I was just like, "You name it." The wind was out of my sails. Yeah. And I was yeah. thinking about it for the first half of the show, and I was like, I was rationalising my head. I was like, "Well, he's playing a heel. I've seen him all over Tokyo on Instagram. I've not seen any anyone with a fan photo or, or, or with him. I suspect it's just him playing a cat, and it's fine." And I was like and they got it took me to about the fourth match in the Tokyo Dome something I've always wanted to my whole life to actually be back into it because is Chris Jericho thing. Anyway, the next day he had a match with Tanahashi it was really really good Um, and we ended up booking a uh, a restaurant in the Tokyo Dome hotel for dinner Um, and we went in there and I didn't have any English menu so obviously we're like oh this you know it wasn't actually all that nice in there so we left so we're like we'll go back to our room um, and get a coat and we'll head outside so we went back into our room, got in the lift and Chris Jericho standing there in the lift with just me and, me and my wife Charlotte and I, I like looked at her looked at him and I was just like, oh, I, can't, I just can't open conversation again because I just don't, I can't have that what happened yesterday again and he was like, oh hi guys and started talking to us and we had, I think it, not that the rooms were any particularly better high up, but I think we might have been on the 40th floor and he was right up the top and we had a chat the whole way down, we just here basically hear him talking about his match, talking about AEW working with New Japan. And He was so cool, and it's just like, thank goodness that happened after what yeah. happened the day before. So that's one of my best and worst all in all in one go. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's always interesting meeting your kind of heroes, isn't it? Because you you want you want them to be good, and you want it you want it to not you know spoil the spoil you know your thoughts in your head but so it's good that you've had so many good experiences with people definitely well
1: it's no doubt well like for instance and, and by no means was he rude but but i had the occasion to meet rick flair you, you oh, okay and, yeah and, great and, and so so you you have this guy you know and you know how it is you're and you're a fan when you know you're going to meet a wrestler. And, and, and this was a, a prearranged thing, so I knew I was going to meet him. You start thinking of all these things that you might get a chance to say, and then and, and you've got all these expectations, and you know it's a nature boy, he's fun, and this, and 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 when I met him, he was he was nice, uh, he was cordial, but that was it, and, it's, and, yeah. and so it was dis- it was disappointing, and 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 the interesting thing is I met all three of them, it was a Comic-Con uh, down in Pensacola, Florida. And it was Jake the Snake Roberts, Mick Foley, and Ric Flair. Jake the Snake Roberts was much more friendly than Ric Flair was on that yeah. day. You know? And so, and I know, I mean, it's a, you know, everybody, you're going through different aspects of your life and different things. You, you can meet someone one day and be totally different, just like your Jericho incident. incident. You, you know, uh, but, but, for whatever reason, that that Ric Flair meeting, it just it, it 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 kind of disappointed me. It kind of took the air out because he just I, I I don't know. It it just didn't live up to the to the to the expectation.
0: I, I do think that when you're a, I think the the Jericho thing is obviously you're you're sort of bumping into him. But I do I do have I do have the thought that if you're at a meet and greet. I do and also probably like quite a lot of these things obviously we're paying for the privilege of meeting these guys as well so I'm kind of of the opinion that if you're having a bad day you probably got to put your put a, put a bit of your resting character on and you know put a, put a bit of a face on it and, and get on with it for example I'm, we had a thing here in London a couple of Christmases ago eight 2018 Christmas just before Christmas where Cody and Brandy Rhodes came over um, and Bruce Pritchard was there with Comrade Thompson as well. And Cody and Brandy were brilliant. Like, Cody got his phone To be fair, actually, that was just as good as the second Jericho thing. He got his phone out and showed us, like, some of the T shirts that were coming out for the Elite and things. It was just like super, super into it. Such a nice guy. Then we get to Bruce Pritchard and Conrad, and they're like stony faced. Like, it like they didn't, couldn't, would want to be anywhere else in the world other than there. And I'm just thinking, guys, you've been doing this for years. Like, come on. I don't, like, you're on a bad day or whatever, but we're paying for this. So it's like, give us a smile and like something just didn't get out. Oh, like, thanks for coming, like nothing. So I know what you mean. It is a bit disappointing. I'd imagine Flair was, meeting Flair must've been quite a big, you know, a big thing mentally, I'd imagine. Because I, I think I'd be, I'd be, oh, no, I don't think, I would be nervous definitely if I was meeting Rick Flex. it's like, absolute legend and hero. So that is a bit, yeah, it's a bit sad really, isn't it? I suppose.
1: what, what he he was with uh, Wendy, uh, I guess they're, they're dating now. And she yes. was, she was as sweet as can be. Uh, and, and it, it was ironic because you would think, uh, cause you've been to some of these things. I mean, so, sometimes those lines are a mile long. Yeah. There was, yep. there was nobody there yet. I got it at the perfect time. So, so I mean, literally Flair, we could have had a conversation for 30 minutes if he wanted to. Uh, but, but he was like preoccupied. He was kind of on his phone. He, he, you know, he, he took the picture and, and, you know, smiled in the picture and the whole deal, you, you know, but, but it, it just, it kind of, it kind of just. Took the air out a little bit, uh, and and she was as sweet as can be. Uh, now, uh, he, he, here's a funny one. So this wasn't technically me, but so this is WrestleMania, not the most recent one, but the one before. We had one of the one of the little uh, 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 wrestling show meet and greets, whatever. And so one of my buddies that's there with me, he he goes to the men's room. So he comes out, and he's got this like blank, blank stare on his face. And I'm like, dude, what's up? And he goes, you ain't never going to believe this. I <laughs> said, what? He says, I was at the urinal peeing. And I, I, I don't even know if I should say the wrestler's name. So he, he's a, he's a mid-Atlantic second generation. He was in a mid-Atlantic. He's a second generation star. And his, gener- his this was a GV. He says, he peed on my leg.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Was he wearing shorts or trousers? Because shorts is always worse than that.
1: Uh, it was, it was, he definitely had shorts on.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> but
1: but yeah, yeah, he said, uh, you know, GB uh, peed on my leg, you know. So, so anyway, uh, there you go. That's, that's, that's one of the funniest ones. And thankfully, I got that one secondhand
0: and I, it wasn't the first hand for me. Wow, I mean that is an occupational hazard for gentlemen in the summer. <laughs> I tell you where I tell you where that happens a lot, and I suspect it probably happens a lot in a lot of baseball in the in the states. Obviously, summer sport, everyone's wearing shorts. But if you go to cricket in the summer here in the UK, it's a very like all day. You're, you're there from like 11 till six o'clock, very boozy, lots of beers, and you're going to get, you're, you know if there's a trough toilet in there and you're, 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 get, you're getting someone else's win in your legs at some point, no doubt. So anyway, from that, from that tangent, we go back to uh, the Mid-South episode from the 29th of September, from Pee on Your Legs to Steve Brinson versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, and Duggan is wearing an excellent anti-Jim Cornette t-shirt in the style of Ghostbusters. And Watts says in commentary, they're going to be wimp busters. Um, so we got a, a new view of the Irish McNeil Boys Club straight away here. Um, and Watts, and again, like you said last week, Watts just fills the gap. Watts is so good at this. He's such a good storyteller. You see something and he, and you're thinking, oh, that's new. And then Watts tells you about it. Or, you know, I wonder about this and Watts will fill the gap. And he, he is so, I've said many times, when I first started watching this, I think, I found Watts' commentary and I can't maybe vocalize the right word. I just struggled with it a little bit at the start by about the third or fourth episode. I'm like, I've got it. It's like a light bulb moment. This is a storyteller guy. And this is, this is, he's, 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 he's a narrator almost in this and he's so good. And I thought this handheld camera, I don't even notice this. I thought it looked great. It just gave a a depth to the the Irish McNeil's boys club that wasn't there before. And I thought that the production on the show is always good anyway, but I thought this added a lot to it. Um, Duggan won this short match in 2:45 with his three-point stance, body check style move. And um, what did you think of this uh, this match? And also, obviously, the, the introduction of this new new camera position.
1: Well, you know, and, and again, my t- my t- frame of time is always off a little bit. But but I remember you know watching World Class, and they always had you could see that that guy with the handheld camera, mm. and, and 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 maybe Watts is is maybe taking something from that television. Uh, but 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 yeah, I, I thought it's good. I mean, anytime you can get in and get into the action. It always adds something to it. Uh, You know, as far as Duggan, I think we, we talked about this a little bit last week, Um, you know, uh, or last episode, Duggan, I don't, I don't know that you can appreciate how good and how over Duggan was. It's a lot like the Junkyard dog in that you can watch his matches today and you can see someone that's a brawler and does this or that. Duggan was, (coughs) was so good at getting people into the stands, mm-hmm. you know, putting putting butts in the seats. Uh, he, he was this big tough brawler. He, he if you had uh, particularly a foreign heel who who needed to be put in that place like you know Akbar isn't in isn't in Mid South right now, but Skandar Akbar and his army and those guys I mean, Duggan was was perfect for this, and and uh, and and we talked about those those local promos because these shows uh, don't show the local promos. You really don't get all of Hacksaw. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for Hacksaw Duggan to to really know how special he was, number one, you had to be there watching that episodic television. You had to see his local promos, and then you had to see him in a live show, either getting bloodied himself and and, and making that great comeback, or just beating the pants off of off of that heel that you couldn't wait to see get beat. Uh, D- Duggan and 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 Dibiase that that feud goes down, and, and and I know we've talked about some of my favorite matches or whatever. And that I, that one kind of slipped my mind, and I don't know how it how it did. But Duggan DiBiase, it's 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 hard to beat
0: that, that feud. And, and Duggan was around in Mid South for, for quite. A, I mean, I I had in my mind that he was gone quite a bit earlier than this, but actually he was around until January '87. So he really, you know, he really. Kept with this promotion and uh, until almost the you know almost the dying days actually. So I mean, and good on him for for doing that because I uh, I think eighty seven was the was the last year of, U, of UWF, I, th- I believe wasn't it? I think that the buyout happened with um, with Jim Crockett in eighty seven. So yeah, I mean he, he he was around for a long a long time after this. Yeah, April 9th, eighty seven. So he was there almost until the end, uh, Duggan. So yeah, good good on him. So he company guy and you know big local hero here. And
1: well, th- think about it, it's just, it- it's perfect for Watts, you know, a big, believable former athlete, you know, American hero. I mean, that's, that. it's almost like that is Bill Watts, you know, projecting himself out there. Yeah, that's I, I a really think good it, point.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The kind of vision of himself in in Duggan, which is obviously obviously a bit younger and can, and you could can, 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 can still go at a higher level at that stage. But yeah, that, I hadn't thought of that before, but I think that's, that's completely right, isn't it? It was a kind of the embodiment of Bill Watts, just in a slightly you know New York guy, but they pushed the kind of southern aspects of him in his character and in, in his in his vignettes and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so back from the break, we get a full recap of Master G's debut, attacking Butch Reed and the tiring and feathering of Buddy Landell last week. Um, this goes on for quite a long time, but obviously re- replays of. Um, Past angles is an important part of uh, you know all promotions in wrestling. Even though obviously we want you know fresh material, it's understandable why they why they replayed this. And uh, Bill Watts called it one of the ex- most exciting and thrilling things he's ever seen on Mid South. Um, and up next is Buddy Landell versus Rocky Smith. Um, I couldn't find anything about Rocky Smith online at all, and he doesn't have a cage match entry. Do, do you remember this guy at all?
1: Okay, so so so. You're the expert here. Uh, I'm the Mid-South fan. But so <laughs> as I'm re-watching this, and I've probably watched this episode a couple times, and then today I had a little time to watch it again, I think that might be Rocky King. you remember the wrestler Rocky King?
0: Oh, I don't actually. know. I don't. But okay, I will I'm just so, look, that up, look that up right now, yeah.
1: So, so it's an African-American wrestler. He's got a great physique. And then I started thinking, well, why are they calling him Rocky Smith? Well Sonny King is in a in a promotion ah, right now
0: okay yes and,
1: and so i again, without comparing pictures or comparing notes, that could be Rocky King do
0: you know what? I think you're absolutely right, I think you are, and I think all this is is that usually if you've got a um so basically cage matches like a database of of these matches and they don't have everything, but they have pretty much everything that's available and certainly the vast majority of TV taping. So if if a wrestler was on a TV taping, it will be on there. But on the 1st of August, 84, they've got Hercules Hernandez versus Rocky King, so a few weeks before this. Um, So I think think all that's happened here is they've not linked the two names Um, and I think that makes complete sense as to why it was Rocky Smith um, rather than yeah, Rocky Smith rather than Rocky King because of Sonny King. So yeah, yep. yeah, great shout there, um, Terry. So that's that's really good. So because um, there was uh, there was a, another wrestler called Rocky Smith, um, but he debuted in 1959. I was thinking this guy can't have debuted in 1959. There's no way. I mean, it's, it's possible that you know he's using some good moisturiser or something. But yeah, kind of in, kind of in the same one. Uh, there wasn't much to this with Landell winning with a slightly awkward-looking elbow drop in 229. Um, any thoughts on this Landell versus Smith contest?
1: Well, the, the, the biggest thing that, that, that I took from it, and by the way, I, I love Buddy Landell, but, but like mm. you say, it's you know, very kind of uneventful, but again, we talk about Watts, we talk about episode, episodic television, we talk about Watts telling the story. In this match, if you listen to the commentary, Bill Watts is planting the seed for the Buddy Landell-Butch Reed split. Yes. Now... Now, I don't know if maybe because Watts is hearing kind of the same reaction we hear about uh, with Master G, and maybe Watts is already starting to realize that maybe Master G isn't the junkyard dog replacement. Maybe we need to start, you know, changing changing plans already. I I, I don't know. Maybe it's too soon. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but he is absolutely planting the seed. For uh, for Landell and Reed to split here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I th- I, I'm 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 guessing there would have been a number of live events between Master G's debut and and, and these these two uh, you know these two shows. So actually, it may be that Watts had already seen some matches most likely we've seen some matches and performances from um G and maybe just thought actually yeah I'm not I'm not sure about this I'm I'm getting a bit of buyer's remorse here and I think perhaps this this might not be the you know the right direction for us for us to go here um so, Jim after the break, Jim Cornette introduces his Midnight Express, and he says they are still the best in spite of efforts to take it away from them in the ring and in the courtroom. Um, and their opponents are Master G and Brickhouse Brown, and both come out to rapper's delight. This is the bit where I thought there was some booing for G here, um, yes, which we talked yes. about last week, which, yeah, um, was a little bit odd given how, how much he'd been pushed. Um, Master G and Brickhouse were solidly on top for a lot of this and G even hit a great-looking head scissors. Um, and the handheld camera was getting some great shots uh, as we talked about. Again, just making the Irish McNeil's Boy Club look even... I mean, I know this wasn't a huge place but it looked bigger and the production certainly gone up a level. Um, The champions got on top here and worked over Brickhouse with fast tags and good-looking offence as normal. Brickhouse fought back and ran the ropes but Cornette pulled the top rope down. The ref didn't seem to see this and before long there was a big melee with Ernie Ladd and Butch Reed coming out. G fought back, uh, but he ended up taking a beating, including a terrible whipping with the belt, until Sonny King, Magnum, Terry Taylor, and Hacksaw finally made the save. Uh, what did you think of the match? The post-match angle.
1: Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. And, and again, just like we talked about last week, uh, they they really trying to put Master G in a position to 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 be that star. You know, they you know the, the last week. Man or a week before they he's coming at Butch Reed, uh, you know he bloodies Butch Reed. Butch Reed calls him out, you know. Then Master G gets the best of Buddy Landell. They tar and feathering. Now we get we get the uh, the baby face sympathy by him getting whipped. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of the blueprint that they they're giving him every everything he can. I mean, they they, heck, they even bring out Ernie Land. You, you yes know, to, to yeah, help with the big i mean they 've given him everything he needs to, to to push him to the moon you know it 's just a matter of him taking a ball and run with it I, I thought it was good,
0: yeah, I enjoyed this as well, and i and I, th- I think this was the time in the storyline to have Master G face a bit of jeopardy and for the heels to get something over on him somewhat. Um, definitely so obviously this is leading to um you know further matches with, with g and and the house in fact let me just have a look i'm i'm interested to see what his um what some of his matches were that were coming up in terms of um actual in ring stuff at the shows we we're just talking about because it's interesting where they put him in because he wasn't around for all that long because he was working the WWF as George wells by december of eighty four um so in september we had um so it was brick house brown and Master G um versus and so that's what we've just seen. So it was Master G and Butch Reed, uh, actually, at the end of the month, as you'd expect, and, and some matches with Landell and Ernie Ladd as well. Um, and actually, we've got a treat coming up soon, because Jake Roberts is against Master G, which is a uh, um, spoiler alert for a couple of episodes at time, which is, I think, May 4 WrestleMania 2, funnily enough. So that's um, that's precursor to their match about 18 months after that. Um, so, after the break, Void appears at the desk along with Adrian Street who is wearing a red sparkly top um, and Street has asked to be the guest commentator as he'll be facing Terry Taylor next week. He says he can't wait to get his hands on him and he doesn't feel like the fans or promoters in the area have been taking him as serious as they should. He, ha- he added that he has been the heavyweight champion of all of Euro four times and he's never lost that title. I think he meant Europe. Um, he's just abdicated it every time he's left. Um, in ring, we have Jason Walker going up against the TV champion, Terry Taylor. The medal is back and it looks particularly shiny and clearly the jeweler did a very good job um, polishing <laughs> that up, which is good. I know, I know, again, nice touch last week. I know it wasn't what last week, but nice touch they mentioned that. Um, what did you think about it being a medal, right? Because this, this is LA Olympics. I mean, that's the reason why they had a medal at the time. Um, and I understand from Phil, Phil has been on a few times, that LA Olympics is quite a big deal with you guys not... Having been at the 1980 Olympics, so um, you know clearly that was the the angle that was being worked there.
1: I, I, I wasn't. Uh, I guess I'm a I'm an old school traditionalist. I wasn't a big fan of the medal. I love the belt. Matter yeah. of fact, as, as as I sit here in my little man cave, I'm surrounded by autographed football helmets, but I've got my my. I'm looking straight ahead, and what I see is an autographed picture of DBI, I see Mr. Olympia, Shane Douglas. A Mr. Olympia mask and the NWA world heavyweight title. I just oh, love yeah. Belts. Yeah, yeah. I love belts. And so so the medal just did not do it for me. I just uh maybe I didn't make the, the Olympic connection or, or you know, but I, I just I wasn't a fan of the medal. No, I think it
0: does, yeah. I think it's it's a bit gimmicky. And actually, by now, at this point, I understand why there was a medal when they were doing a TV title in the lead up to when you know got the all of the all of the kind of road to LA stuff that was probably happening at the time, but actually by by September, it's like well that's done and dusted now, you know. So you know, probably yeah. shouldn't be a mel anymore. Um, Funny enough, talking about belts, I'm a big belt person as well. If I was in charge of uh, WWE, which I don't think I'm going to get the call anytime soon, but the first thing I would do is bring the bring the old belts back. Bring the bring the Eagle World Title back. Bring all. I just don't. I know they they do it. They do it to sell belts, but actually, in terms of the, the credibility and the title, and actually building your history, I don't really understand why promotions ever change their titles. I just think if you've got a, a shot of Hulk Hogan won a title in 1990 or Randy Savage or Bret Hart or anything, a fast forward to today, and it's the same, you know, it doesn't have to be the same physical thing, but it looks the same. I think that must, that must mean more to everybody than some, you know, the belts in the WWE are all right now. They're better than certainly the John Cena era, but yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a thing I would, I would definitely do. Um, so where are we? So in ring we have obviously Jason Walker um, and, T- and TV champion Terry Taylor Um, And Street says that Taylor has a good grip on Walker in a headlock, but that he wouldn't be able to catch him in that position or be able to hold on to him for so long. He also said he will make Taylor look like a jigsaw puzzle with half the pieces missing. And Taylor fought out of the corner of the flying forearm for the win 134, even though oddly Walker kicked out of this right at the three count. Um, What did you think of the match and what do you think of Adrian Streets kind of subtle, quiet commentary with a few sort of one-liners in there?
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was good. I, I thought it was good to to uh, to, to let uh, let Adrian have that kind of TV time, and and you know, as he you know he heads towards his uh his his uh, approach to the TV title, I, I you know I like Terry Taylor. I know now we're all historians, and 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 we all know about the Red Rooster days, and 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 uh, not a lot of people speak speak very highly of Terry Taylor, but. But Terry Taylor was really good in the Mid South, and mm-hmm. and uh, you, you know, he, I thought he had a good look, and and uh, he, he was a, he was a good wrestler, and 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 again, I I think I mentioned in the last episode, I kind of put together a, a top ten. You know, Taylor's in that top five to me. I, I think mm-hmm. he's below Magnum. I think he's below Duggan, and he's definitely below Butch Reed. But I think, uh, aside from that, I, I think he's he's right up there with everybody else. Uh, so, so I I liked Terry Taylor. I liked him as the as the TV champ, and uh, I thought it was it was an okay match.
0: Yeah, I th- I think Taylor so far he's a very very solid upper mid-card babyface isn't it and and there's nothing wrong with that you need you need that and and, 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 you know he's got some up with mobility definitely Um, I think some of his promos at this stage is probably a little bit bland but you're talking about a very young guy and he's got plenty of time to you know develop I think for whatever reason I don't know whether this is um you know some of the stuff that Terry Taylor has either said or some of the experiences other wrestlers have had with him in his various roles over the years, or post his own wrestling career. But I talk about this a lot on the podcast. Some things and some promotions have bad will attached to them, and some people and some promotions have good will attached to them. Like, for example, at the moment, WWE has a lot of bad will, was a New Japan or AEW has built up some goodwill, and people more generally speaking, you feel like people are more wanting them to succeed. And I feel like terry taylor for whatever reason whether it's the red rooster bit mixed with the other stuff that i've said has just got a bit of bad will about his name um and actually i think that makes people forget that this was a you know this was a young guy who was actually really really good back then um and just probably was just you know wrong place at wrong time so i think there's always a talk about whether he could have got the mr perfect gimmick rather than kurt hennig couldn't he? i think it's the as as the kind of fable goes so who knows what could have happened to him in WWF as a heel under that uh, yeah, in that role rather than the rather than the one he, he had um, so next up we have Magnum T.A. and Sonny King versus Hercules Leeson and Dr. Death Steve Williams uh, Magnum looked so good early on in this as always with some great arm drags and a drop kick um, sadly the wrestling quality dipped a little bit when Mr. King got in um, as <laughs> seems to be often the case uh, yeah he's not the smoothest is he Sonny <laughs>
1: no no, no. <laughs> you, you know uh, I remember him a little bit being a manager on TBS. I don't even remember who he managed. And, and he would have his, every now and then, he would show up in the Mid-South. And, and, and they, you know, something I never realized till I started rewatching these episodes, they, they say he's from McCall, Mississippi. I mean, McCall, Louisiana, which is kind of North Louisiana. And he's got the little Louisiana symbol on his tights. Uh, maybe he was just somebody who was local, who lived in the Louisiana area, and whenever they they needed a a, a hand, uh, you know they, they they brought him. And, and again, uh, you know who knows. But but yeah, he uh, I don't know if he was past his time, or I don't know if he ever had a time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was just he was just kind of okay. Do
0: you know what? Interestingly, I think this might be his last appearance in Mid South, actually. Um, Oh no, Joe! Sure what he did do? He did do one show in eighty five, but this this is probably his last. Yeah, I, I know. And actually, did a UW. Why? Why is he doing one Mid South show a year, every year for the? Yeah, so he did one show in eighty eighty five, one show in eighty six, one show in eighty seven. But I think this is actually his last last ever television appearance for the promotion, which is interesting. Um, so yeah, obviously he is he is towards towards the the right at the back end of his career here, and um, so. What, uh basically, um, Watson commentary puts over the fast-paced action you get in Mid-South that you don't get in other places. Uh, and what says that Hercules bench press is 525 pounds, which has gone up because his previous best was 500 pounds. So obviously, whatever he's consuming at the time is working here because <laughs> his uh, 525 is pretty impressive. Um, he's, he's on the WWF protein shakes early here, isn't he, I think, in terms this of his… Sure. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Protein shakes and inverted commas, obviously. Um, Watts adds that in two weeks they'll have the Rock and Roll Express back and next week it's Taylor versus Street for the television title. Um, They run the classic tag behind the ref's back with the referee stopping King come in, which is a spot. They don't do very much now and I absolutely love. Um, Yep. So With the referee's back turn, Magnum had Hercules pinned with a roll-up, uh, but Williams came in with a wild swing of his helmet. The first one missed Magnum, <laughs> but then he made sure he got over with the second one. Uh, just like that, the North American champion was pinned um, in this tag match in 5-11. So what did you think of this, uh, this match? And I thought this was a bit of a shocking finish, actually, that surely the the other person that should have been pinned here was King and not Magnum.
1: Well, yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely not uh, classic booking 101. Um uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was funny with with Doc's uh, whiff with the first time with the helmet. Uh, mm. I'm not I'm not a golfer, but I guess they call that a mulligan. He, you know, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, he he got a redo. You know, it's like mm. last week last week he got nine whacks upside the head, and, and, and then he whiffs this week. Maybe maybe that was part of it. Maybe uh, you know, he felt like you know he he, he beat the guys brains out last week so i didn't want to hit him as hard
0: oh yeah i think it may, may well have because because this possibly could have been done i don't know if this was on the same night or whether this was the week later but yeah the, I'm, I'm quite sure that was running through his mind and that probably led to because uh, the thing is how'd you how'd you work a you know how you work a, a football helmet shot i don't think you can can you You get your hand up but it's much harder to work that than putting your hand up for a chair or something like that so yeah i'm not surprised he whiffed it definitely
1: yeah and and i I do think uh these these worked uh last week's and this one was taped on the same day because uh and i and I sent you a uh a copy of the page from uh Cornette's book and it goes date by date and so it looks like uh th- that the 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 last episodes was taped. And this one was taped both on the same day uh, in, Sh- in Shreveport. So, so, yeah, same day, you, you know, it, who knows? Maybe he's just feeling bad about the, the last helmet incident and incident just, just, just whiffed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's seen Terry Taylor backstage taking headache tablets. And he's like, I'm not going <laughs> to smash Magnum with the same fierceness that I did. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, next up, we have Rick McCord versus Superstar, Bund- Bill, Superstar Bill Dundee. Obviously, we talked about his booking Mid-South at, at the time. Um, and what says the fantastic will be back next week going up against Hercules and Steve Williams. And then he talks about the return of the Rock and Roll Express again. Um Dundee hit an incredibly hard hitting, but also dangerous looking power slam, which McCord just about kicked out from. And then he won with a sleeper in 4.15. And interestingly, Watson commentary says, he doesn't care if you're Andre the Giant, that sleeper is going to make you go Um, night-night. I've said this on the show before, but it's such an odd sight seeing now someone pass out from a submission. Because obviously we're in the days of the tap out. um, And and actually, a pass out loss is usually reserved for like the ultra top baby face or something like that now it's not but you know everyone seems to lose in a sleeper by passing out rather than just giving up which is which is just a a total change of how you know that submission's done now and what did you think of uh of Dundee and McCord here yeah
1: you you know it 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 wouldn't it it, I wouldn't have bought a ticket to go to (laughs) that match Uh, but but yeah what you what you said is right about the sleeper it's almost like even, even if you go back to 1984, if, two main, if a main eventer had another main eventer in the sleeper, he would not go to sleep unless there was a foreign object or something used before. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the only time you would ever see a main event guy put another main event to sleep would be, let's say, he, I, I remember this happened in a DiBiase as a baby face. Someone had him in the figure four and he passed out from the pain. Yeah, You know, uh, but it's almost like, okay, you know, I'm a star, you're a star, you're not, you can't you put me to sleep. You know, it was always kind of a teaser. You know, it, it was that hold that always worked against the preliminary guy, but but the, the main eventers kind of found a way out of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just strange how that, how MMA is kind of just changed, changed the, the way that submissions are done in wrestling. It, it, it's just a little bit jarring seeing this, this sort of change back in the day and how things were. Um, so finally, we close the show with the original Rock and Roll Express uh, video, which is the Rock and Roll King uh, package that was used way back when in early 84, and these guys originally debuted. Um, and they are building this return up massively, and I'm really looking forward to the Irish McNeil Boys Club exploding when they do return. Uh, what did you think of this uh, this video for the Rock and Roll Express here?
1: Uh, same as always, cheesy, but uh,
0: yeah. but
1: but 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 definitely uh, it was you know was something that was effective. Uh, we we want to bring these young young girls into the uh, into the arena. We want to give them somebody to cheer for because then then more guys are going to show up because they got young girls in the arena, and you know uh, then just kind of snowballs. Uh, so you know, Rock and Roll Express, man, they were red hot. Like you know, you you can watch you can watch some 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 rest, some videos on youtube and and you look at the pop of the audience when they come out i mean they were over
0: they were, oh they were over. yeah massively so i watched uh, lucky i have to have ricky uh, morton on the on the show a few uh, few months back but watched quite a lot of his stuff and their stuff around that time from so, so, because basically the, the reason i'm doing this show in, in the first place is being a fan from the UK, you'll you feel like you're constantly kind of trying to put the jigsaw puzzle together of all the stuff that you didn't see. Because really here, we've got a little bit of WCW, but not not any not not the Saturday night show at six oh five. We've got WCW worldwide that wasn't that I would miss quite a lot. And then you've got the WWF. So i pretty much continuously watched the WWF for uh, most of their time from sort of 1990 and I had all the tapes before that but everyone talks about some of this territory stuff and how, how good it was it's just like well I haven't you know this time of all these all these guys that either became stars in the World Wrestling Federation or were big stars elsewhere it's just sort of you hear about it you read about it but now it's kind of want to take a journey to, to actually actually watch it and it's been you know it's been really great I understand why people think of, of this as you know some of the best episodic television there is because if I find myself and, and, I, and it's been a lot, perhaps not in, in, in recent weeks so much, but certainly over time. And I don't know, you know, I know some of the stuff that happens because you, you can't avoid, and I'm don't, deliberately trying to avoid spoilers and not look ahead. But some of the times, I'm like, like especially a title match, I'm like, a, a, a Midnight Express going to lose the title to the Rockamore Express. And you think, I'm, in, I'm bought in here. And I'll tell you what, if this was in my town, I'd be buying a ticket for this. And that is, you know, that, that's it, isn't it? If, if, you're, if you're bought in, they've got you, haven't they, basically?
1: Well, there's no doubt, and and the, the difference that I see in today and um, and back then, like today, you know, two guys can put on a match that we've never heard of, and we can we can watch it, and we can be entertained by it. There, there are not a whole lot of matches that that we, you and I, could could bring to a current fan from nineteen. Eighty-four south TV that would really get them excited. That's not. It's, it's because it's. It, it's. It was different. Mm. But I mean, now there are exceptions. I think that DBIC um, a flare match that that's televised. Uh, you know, th- there's some exceptions. But when you were there, or even like in your case now, when you watch week by week and you watch the progression, you listen to the commentary. Then you can get sucked in. You can get bought in. Yes. You know, you, you you just not. You know, Dave Meltzer's not going to just give any of these matches five stars. It's, <laughs> no. it, it's not it's not that. But but if, if you watch it like a soap opera or or a weekly television show and listen to the commentary and listen to the behind the scenes and watch the build up, then then you can really appreciate it.
0: Do you know what? I think I think this is right, and I, and I think that I like Dave. Meltzer a lot but I do also uh understand that those star ratings are his opinion and actually um there's lots of stuff in there um that is is very especially towards the latter stages that is I would say um not necessarily everybody's cup of tea in terms of what they what they think uh you know, think a super match is. Like I, I, I mentioned about the Bret Hart thing on last week's episode in terms of going through the old Bret Hart matches. I watched a match with him and Mr. Perfect from Summer '91 the other day. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with that one, but I, I mean, and I wouldn't I wouldn't give that five stars, but it was I would give it as close it's as close as perfect as you can get, really. So I don't know four four and a half, 4.75. And there's a great story, and there's lots of really incredible wrestling that isn't you know isn't ever a f- and it doesn't need to be. Roddy Piper we talked about Roddy Piper last week as well. Roddy Piper and Bret Hart at WrestleMania. I think Meltzer gave that maybe 3.25. That was a cracking match. And I think it's 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 all relative because I think that you you know some of the some of the the best memories that I'm sure both of us have got in in our, in our lifetimes of watching wrestling doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that those matches were perfect but perfect it doesn't you know perfect is is ex, you know exceptional standard really 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 great is is still really 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 great in anyone's book and actually it's always it's, it's only what it's only one man's opinion and there's and tell you what there's plenty of matches on there that i didn't think especially from japan in the, in the in the early 90s a lot of all japan stuff that i just didn't think was you know was perfect. I mean, perhaps I didn't know the storylines and, you know, it's just like, it's kind of one of those things. It's a lot of it is time and place as well, but I, I, I've been very, very impressed with this promotion now. and I'm, I'm not far away from my year anniversary of watching this. I've almost watched a whole year of Mid-South now. So um, we're not too far away from that. Um, so what did you think of this September 29th, 1984 episode of Mid-South overall?
1: I, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was good. I, I don't think it was quite as good as last week. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, uh, I think the the booking of the of the uh, Hercules and Doc match, you know, kind of if you want to look at just the whole lineup, it was really the only match of substance that that kind of kind of saved saved the day. Uh you know, the the recaps were were, were necessary and good and, and of course it started off with, with Cornet's uh Cornette's interview. If 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 I were booking it, I might have saved Cornett's interview for the end, yes, uh, or, or towards the end because it was so good, uh, you know, and it was right out the gates. Uh, but but uh, but but again, Watts was on there, and because he was on there, what you didn't get in in ring stuff. You got with behind the scenes stuff, you, you know, and like we talked about. We now we we looking forward to Terry Taylor and and uh, Adrian Street matching up. Now we we wondering what's going on behind the scenes with with Butch Reed and Landell. You know why would why would Bill Watts even mention uh, Landell betraying him? You know, and, and so um, so you you starting to see some things behind the scene, and, and, it, and it, it accomplishes what it's got to accomplish. It's got you ready. And waiting for next week to see what see what's on there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that's the key, that's the key thing with any episodic wrestling is: are you interested in watching next week? And the answer is yes. Is it definitely so? Exit Terry. So I can't thank you enough for your time over the last couple of weeks, um, and we'll definitely have to do this again in the future. So, where can people find you um, online?
1: Well, the the, the easiest uh, I do have my personal Twitter account. Uh, it's Coach. Uh, broke up there it's coach underscore and then my last name and it's c-a-n-o-v-a canova coach underscore canova on twitter and then facebook my name uh terry canova and uh just uh, just love love chat with wrestling fans you know i got a gazillion hobbies i've got all kind of little side hustles and so uh love chat with new people about all different things and 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 uh, Stephen, I really, really appreciate you having me on here. This was a blast. I love talking wrestling, and uh, you know, if ever you need somebody again, uh, don't hesitate to reach oh, out. Oh no, we'll
0: definitely, we'll definitely do, we'll definitely do this again. And I wish, um, I wish the Saints the very best of luck in uh, in this season. Let's hope we're both live experiencing our own, you know, our own, fo- our own forms of football as early as we can in the old way, rather than this kind of in the middle bit before too long. Definitely
1: absolutely man hey be safe don't forget to social distance wear your mask (laughs) and and more importantly uh stay healthy
0: yeah you too terry thank you very much for listening to this week's episode if you've enjoyed the podcast please head over to itunes where you can subscribe and perhaps you'll even be kind enough to leave me a lovely five-star review which would absolutely make my day if you're interested in guest hosting please contact me via the mid south moments twitter account which is at mid moments and i look forward to speaking to you all again very very soon